Are you curious how Julie's experienced tremendous success in the male-dominated construction industry? Well, don't miss her exclusive interview on three secrets to success in a man's world at julielottenliving.com slash secrets. That's julielottenliving.com slash secrets. You can find the link in this episode's show notes to access the video now. Welcome to Julie Lawton Living, featuring engaging conversations on creating the life, business, and luxury home of your dreams. With over 30 years of experience in the design-build industry, Julie has completed over 1,000 remodels and custom homes in Southern California and provides architecture, design, engineering, and general contracting as a unique one-stop shop for her clients. Let's join the conversation now. Julie, welcome back to the show. It's great to be with you. Thank you, David. It's so good to be here. Okay, so take me through the design process. From the moment that a new client comes on board and they say, all right, I want to remodel my entire home. For instance, I was in one of the homes that uh, we're working on right now in Laguna Beach the other day. (laughs) Beautiful ocean view. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. They are uh, going through a design, a renovation process. What did you say to this client from the very beginning to help them guide them through the process? Well, first of all, the client, this client actually interviewed like seven people and picked me because I was the most confident one about what we should do. And I was also probably the most personable one. And and I also do the design and the build as one-stop shop. But what it is is, I think I gave him confidence because I guaranteed him that it's going to be his house for him. We're going to go through a process where I'm going to pick your brain and we're going to get what you want out of you and onto this house. And we had a quick meeting about, you know, what he likes and we agreed and I agreed, you know, with what he liked too. So that helped what, cause you got when the design process starts with, Hey, what does the client want? But, Oh, what can, what can we do to this house? You know? So there's conflict sometimes there, but yeah, he picked me because I'm confident and he still jokes about it today because he asked me what, what we're doing. And I'm like, well, we're not doing that and we're doing this. <laughs> so he likes my um, instant so you, ability to, to decide. <laughs> so I, I heard what you said there where you go, man, sometimes here's what the client wants, but also here's what we could do with the home. So when you see a home, <laughs> do you almost hear the home talking to you where it's saying, this is what I want. This is what I need. Or do you more focus on the ideas of the client or both? Oh, the, when I walk in the house, usually I get in there by myself to go check it out. Sometimes I'm able to do my walkthrough and I'm by myself and the house tells me exactly what it needs. Cause I can see the old design, the old style with all the broken up rooms, but I can also see what it can handle structurally and what it can't handle structurally. And then I can see what I can do to it. And then I can see what that like costs instantly. So within 30 minutes, I can tell you what to do with the house and what it will cost. And then that's combined with the client and what they want, because you got to tell the client right away, oh, well, if you really want that, it's going to cost this or oh, that's great. Let's do it. But just a heads up, it might cost this opposed to that. If you do this opposed to that. 
So the cost factor and what you can and can't do needs to be in that early discussion because that's what most architects and designers don't do. That's why there's problems. So you want to have the cost factor analysis and bring the contractor in day one to what you can and can't do. Trust me, you do, because you don't want runaway plans that you can't afford to build. So yeah, I get the, I always say the house talks to me, but I see it because, you know, I know how it's built now. So it's fun. So you have this walkthrough on your own. That's the first step. The house talks to you. Then you meet with the client. Now they're talking to you. Mm-hmm. Now what if what they're saying doesn't like won't work structurally or or you don't think it design-wise is a good fit? How do you navigate that conversation with the client? I just say, "Hey, uh, did you think about this for a second? I'll I go, I'll go just think about it. <laughs> if you want to do this, you want to do that. Guess what's going to happen? Because Usually the client wants something that's doable, just so you know, almost 99% of the time. And they've thought about it a long time and maybe talked with other people, but there's some clients, oh my God, it kills me. Maybe 1% or less than 10% that want stuff that's actually impossible to do. And I just- Give me an example. Come on, give me an example. Oh, just, you know, adding on a story, a cantilevering out over a canyon and I want to put a room on the side of a hill like this. And can I just stick it under my house? They go, yeah, how am I going to excavate that and not let your house fall down the hill? Who's going to hold up your house if I take away all that dirt? How are we going to do this? Think about it. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> I have to explain to them what would happen if I did that. And then they, because I had a client that wanted to add a room on. And the, he's on the side of a hill and he wanted me to cut in to the hill where the foundation of the house was and take all that dirt away. I'm like, what's holding your house up? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, so, uh, you know, I said, you could, and if we wanted to do that, you you couldn't afford it. So it's, it's, so I hate having that conversation, but I have that as fast as possible. Cause if they have this thought in their head, they've had it in their head for a while. And maybe they talked to someone else in most cases that said, oh yeah, 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 let's do this. And I'm like, oh, and then I have to explain to them and be the bad guy. And they usually don't hire me, but whatever. <laughs> I tell them right away. I do not play along with that game. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right. So you have the conversation with them about what's doable and what's not doable. You're integrating the cost. I, I, that's what I'm hearing. Yes. Um, immediately. Mm-hmm. Immediately. And that's, is that prior to them um, hiring you or after they hire you or give me the steps here? Well, what happens is everybody wants to know, can I do it and how much it'll cost in the first five minutes or the first meeting? So I just get it out of the way because I can tell them because in other cases, people, the architect usually can't tell them and the designer sure can't tell them. And then they got to go to a contractor, but there's no plan. So he can't tell them. So I just get it out of the way at the first meeting. So it's out there. So if they won't tell me their budget, fine. Here's what I think it's going to cost. Uh, chew on that. You know, this is where we're at. And if they're not ready for that, and then that helps them make a good decision to either rethink or step back or pull the trigger and hire me. But it, if I get that number out there day one, that's an honest number, a realistic number, I should say, that is so helpful. And um, some people get the wrong number and then they get in and it's a million dollars more. And that's sad, but I give a realistic number and, um, that's day one. It's before they hire me. I just, I want to accept them straight. Cause if they don't like me or they, we don't get along or, you know, if it's no chemistry, I, at least I left them with some valuable information. I think that's important because I can give it. So why wouldn't I? So I give that. Yeah. So in the case of this home that um, we were just looking at in Laguna this earlier this week, 
Um, you sh showed up, you connected with this gentleman who owns it, you walked through your initial conversation. He interviewed seven people. He chose to hire you. Mm -hmm. Now that he hires you, he signed the contract. What's the next step? Well, the next step is to put everything on paper that he's telling me. So then we take all of his dreams and his ideas of what he wants to do and we draw it on a floor plan. So you got to have a floor plan, which is the space plan and make sure all the walls are moved around and all the uh, windows are moved around or whatever you're doing. That's a floor plan. And then you take that floor plan, you turn it into elevations and then you pick all the materials so that you can color the elevations and make it a 3D rendering. So that's like four steps, plans, elevations, color elevations, color 3D renderings, and then boom, it's done in vision. Um, and, visually. and how uh, in those four steps, does the client see each step of the way? Like, are they approving each step? For yes. Like oh, yeah. plan? These drawings cost thousands of dollars. So the client has to approve the plan. Is this where you want your microwave? Is this where you want your stove? Guess what? Your sofa will fit here. If we put this wall here, is this where you want your fireplace? So we go through the process of the building structure plan. And then we pl I plug in the furniture so they know it fits. And then, then we do the elevations only after the plan's approved. And then we don't color anything until they pick the materials because I don't want to do, do those drawings twice. So then the process of picking the materials and all the selections, the, you got to pick the appliances, the plumbing fixtures, the flooring, the cabinets, the countertop, the tile, the shower tile, the floor tile, and any accessories and, you know, light lighting accessories, sconces and chandeliers, toilet paper holders and towel bars. All, everything's good and glued to the walls has to be picked so we can finish the 3D rendering and then you're done. Okay, so in that process of them... <laughs> Uh, picking all of the things that are screwed and glued, as you, as you said, and the, mm -hmm. where um, all the finishings. How much of that is on them to research and figure out and choose versus on you? How, how, what's the what's the involvement there? It's 100% on me to research and give them options from my sources and my vendors and my quality re, re, resources because. The client can go shop all day that long they want on the internet and then go out and find stuff and find stuff. But I'm going to take their pictures is what their homework just, so you know, is find me pictures. So they go on the internet and find me pictures and they might go out shopping and grab samples, but they usually don't get that far. They just show me pictures. And then I grab samples from my sources and my vendors that supply them with the quality product they need. And I just, I do not like working with clients that shop on their own. I kind of have it as a rule because I had a client, you know, she they shopped online, everything was bought overseas and there's no warranty, the stuff breaks, I can't repair it, I can't even get a second one of them, you know, so I don't allow my clients to shop direct because I can't control the quality and I can't maintain it. I'm I'm there for the lifetime maintenance of the home. So I work with sources and vendors I trust and know that aren't going to disappear tomorrow. So yeah. Now without getting into obviously any privacy issues with this particular client in Laguna, I would love for you to share your excitement about this design. What what was it that he was envisioning? What was it that you guys came up with? I've walked through the space. We've got some behind the scenes videos on Instagram reels of the space. Tell us about your excitement in the process. Well, the house goes from street to street 
And it's got a um, kind of a buff colored, natural, warm concrete color, but it's not concrete, it's warm. So it's got a natural color of uh, stucco and it's uh, modern and clean, but it's got these big, dark uh, wood beams inside that gives it a lot of warmth and character. And there's limestone everywhere that matches the stucco color. And then it's got a pool and a yard, but it goes on and on and on and it steps down four stories but the vision was to make an or or, or or make a statement but make make it um you know warm and comfortable and he he like me i like dark colors and i like when i go home you know there's nothing no light bulbs above 25 watts it's just cozy and warm and organic so since most of the house is glass with a view of the ocean there's our color so we're doing large black slabs with white veins in them and whitey creamy veins that picks up on the stucco color and the limestone color and really just pulling the rock essence of the rock inside like a like a mountain or the oh, side black of the marble. Black yeah, marble. Black marble. Tree. Yeah, white veins. So it's making a very strong, timeless classic statement and black cabinets that goes with the dark um, chocolate, dark, dark wood beams. And it's really a grounding statement and um, just pure elegance. So that's our theme is a grounding elegance. It's it's and, just and nice. Tell me about the master bathroom that I walked through. Oh, yeah. The master bathroom's got 10-foot ceilings. And so I'm using 10-foot slabs to cover the walls. So the, all the walls, it's like one big wet room with the black cabinets and the black countertop and the black toilet and everything has got the um, same color where it's just like a sanctuary of just warmth and darkness because, you know, the warmer tones, um, it's just so rich because again, the window is the size of the wall is the bright sun and the ocean. So there's your color, there's your brightness. So it's just a little cozy environment with marble clad walls. It's beautiful. And organic. amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So amazing. Um, talk to me about a design challenge that you have faced in recent years where something either the client wanted it or the house was having a problem or there was a structural issue, whatever it might be. And you overcame this design challenge. Walk me through one of those examples. Well, one of my clients wanted a pickerball court under the house, which is like a sunken drive-in basement, but the, the garage was on the regular light level, but the pickerball cart was sunken down and we couldn't go too far because it's on the sand in Newport. And um, so the pickerball cart has a 15 foot ceiling and above that was a 42 foot stainless pool on the roof with, with 42 inch railings and we can't go above 24 feet. So I had to push the pickerball cart down to get my 24 foot height limit in order to push it down into the sand that was six feet down, but then it had a three foot footing. So the problem is the ocean tide is five to seven feet. So that's right in the middle of the water. So, to, so and then, and then 10 and 12 feet down in that particular location of the peninsula is the Santa Ana river. So I had two water features coming through the sand at different heights, seven and 12 feet down. And, and then high tide, it was five feet and 10 feet. So I had to Design chemically grouted 36 inch wide overlapping caissons 20 feet deep that covered the lot 30 feet wide by 90 feet wide. There was 238 chemically grouted caissons 
So I was the first person, woman contractor to design a waterproof foundation that I could excavate and do the basement level safely without dewatering or flooding the lot and turning it to quicksand and having the two houses on either side collapse into the lot. Because we're talking, these houses are built on sand. It's sand. And when it gets wet, it turns into quicksand. It was a very dangerous proposition to do this house without that foundation. And nobody else has thought of this. I don't know why, because they do it building bridges. So I took a commercial builder uh, to and brought him in on my residential project. And we came up with 238, 36-inch round overlapping caissons to get chemically grouted to get my waterproof safe foundation. Amazing. And then Newport City loved me for it because it omitted, eliminated dewatering, which is pumping the darn water to the ocean 400 yards away. What a hassle. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of coming up with those ideas, um, how much of that is coming out of your own brain versus you seeking outside support and help? Like in the midst of those design challenges, how are you navigating that? Well, I'm there to make the project safe and um, cost effective, but safe. So there's two things in construction is safety. and co- So when I did that, I reached out to um, the, the my soils engineer, who then reached out to these other guys who do the chemical grotted caissons. And we played around with that idea of how we do that, because these guys' equipment's too big to fit in a residential situation, because this house access was the alley. You can't even barely get two cars to pass. And their cranes are too big, so we ha- they had to use different equipment. So the point is, I um, knew what I needed to do, um, to, but I didn't know how to do it because I didn't know about chemically treated caissons until I was introduced. And then we came up with the solution together because there was many more factors at play after we came up with, let's do this. And then we had to work on the design. It took six months to well. Uh, finish the plans. Be- behind the scenes, engineer meetings were intense. Mm-hmm. I bet. Mm-hmm. So when someone walks into a home that you have designed or built or remodeled, what do you hope that that person will experience? Whether it's the homeowner or a visitor, what do you want them to feel and experience when they walk into a home that you've designed and built? Well, just like when you slip into the seat of a Bentley or an Aston Martin or a Hey, a Ferrari, whatever. It's that custom quality, quality and elegance. It's that feeling of elegance that you're surrounded by luxury because it's quality. Not that it's flashy or something, but it's quality and it, and it's built to last and it looks good. It's easy on the eye and easy on the eye means it makes you feel good. So that's what it is. You want to feel good. Like when you're wearing the best, a good outfit, you feel good in the clothes. You want to feel good in the home. So. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for walking us through this design process. And uh, we're, I'm excited to um, see more of these homes being transformed before our eyes. So good. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure being here. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today, and we encourage you to follow Julie Lawton Design Build on all social media platforms so that you can get a behind-the-scenes look at Julie's life and leadership as she designs and builds beautiful custom homes. All the links are in our show notes, available at julielawtonliving.com or by swiping up on your phone now. See you next time on Julie Lawton Living.
Are you curious how Julie's experienced tremendous success in the male-dominated construction industry? Well, don't miss her exclusive interview on three secrets to success in a man's world at julielottenliving.com slash secrets. That's julielottenliving.com slash secrets. You can find the link in this episode's show notes to access the video now. 